You're listening to the Swap Mono Live podcast show brought to you by our friends at OGO. You're listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast presented by OGO. And uh, I finally got my voice back somewhat. So uh, Yeah, you sound like you've been hanging out with Daddy Frank too much. Yes. So <laughs> I, I drove down the street to uh, hang out with my buddy and slash neighbor uh, Alex Ray of the HEP. Is it HEP or is it HEP? Uh, I just say HEP okay. Motorsports Suzuki. Uh, the HEP Motorsports Suzuki team. So... Uh, I guess you, what it, what your buddy Mathis, you're not on Privateer Island anymore then, right? Well, I mean... You're factory rider or factory support rider? Factory support rider. I was full-blown factory badass dude this summer, though. So. Yeah, when you're on the Yamaha. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, I think I'm just factory supported now. But that that's better than... That's better than freaking... Doing your own deal, getting your bike stolen. Yeah. Yeah, better than having no bike. I don't know. There's a dude in TJ right now just doing ripping wheelies on a brand new Yamaha with some with badass suspension. Factory KYB suspension. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, so Alex is, uh, you're from Tennessee, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're living in Corona, California, the epicenter of motocross. Yeah. And uh, you landed this HEP Suzuki ride. Uh, how did that come about and when did it, when did the offer? start trickling in um i started talking to him a few months before monster cup um sort of after outdoors i was uncertain of what i was gonna do you know i did the cycle trader ride day for christina and uh i rode one of her 250s which was pretty cool i haven't rode a little bike in a while and then after that i sort of just started to uh to venture out and you know see what we're you know see what i could find and and uh, I talked to Dustin, and, you know, I think I talked to him at Washougal, actually, mm-hmm. this summer. I was like, hey, you know, like, what are your plans? You know, I'm, I don't really have much for, for Supercross. So he's like, yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, we've thought about you. You know, we'll put you on the list or whatever. It's like, okay, cool. And then, um, you know, before Monster Cup, I was unsure if, you know, Cycle Trader was going to have me back or, or how that was going to work. Um, you know, I talked to Christina a little bit, but I didn't really have, like, a for sure answer. Wasn't the deal like you're gonna have to race a 250 though? Uh, no, no. I mean, she sort of she asked me if I would ride a 250, and I was like, if you have a ride for me, you know, I'll take it. I don't care, little bike, big bike, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. You know, I've done it on my own a lot of years, and I don't really want to go back to that for sure. So, like, I just uh, so yeah. I before Monster Cup, I told him I was like, hey guys, you know, like I don't have anything, you know, whatever. He's like, okay, well. Um, let's set up a, like a day you can just come out and ride, come mm-hmm. out, ride the bike and we'll, you know, we'll watch you ride and everything like that. I was like, okay. So I went up there. I probably rode for an hour and a half, like just like couldn't get off the bike. Just, I was having a blast. It was a different track. I liked the track, everything. I, I had a great day mm-hmm. and, uh, I liked the bike. So, um, they're like, okay, everything's good. Uh, you know, we'll give you a call. So. You know, we talked a little bit back and forth a few times, and then, um, like, before Monster Cup, they were they were pretty serious, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I ended up signing the deal um, the day of Monster Cup, but unfortunately, I got hurt that night, which, I mean, luckily, it wasn't that serious, mm-hmm. so I was off the bike for a few did weeks. Did you sign the contract before you got hurt? Yeah. Yeah, I did do that. Was there, is there an injury clause in your contract? 
I didn't read the contract, dude. <laughs> you signed it. <laughs> I just signed the dang thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I was, I was, it was just a huge weight off of my shoulders. Yeah. Shit. You know? Like, it's just stressful. Mm. You know, like, coming into the season, you know, you don't know if you have anything. Fuck, I just got, I, I got a bike stolen. Yeah. You know, like. We'll hell. come back to that. We're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, but I just had, I don't know. I was just unsure, you know. I was like, well, you know, if if I don't have a ride this year, I probably won't race because, I mean, I don't have any money to get to the races, Yeah, you know, to start out with, you know. You know, price, it's a price you got to pay to be a SoCal boy, you know. Mm. Cost of living in California, you got $4 a gallon out here. Yeah. Sucks. So uh, you're on this team, it's a Supercross only deal? Or yeah, is it- Supercross only. Because do they do the Nationals? Uh, Cunningham did the Nationals last year. They they helped him out with some parts and stuff, but I think mm-hmm. he was pretty much JGR helped him out, got his bike to the races and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, it's Supercross only. Okay, so um, you're contracted with them through Supercross. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to do this summer? Uh, no idea. Like, do you yeah. have a desire to race? I mean, yeah, you, you showed some potential at the uh, Nationals this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I if I have a good program or something, you know, to where I can still do my motos and stuff during the week and and fly to the races on the weekend, there's, I mean, I would love to do outdoors. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I grew up riding outdoors, you know, and hey, if there's an opportunity for me to ride outdoors, I'll jump on top of it. Yeah, maybe. Uh... Maybe some of your fans can do a, a GoFundMe page and get you back out there in pink JT gear. Oh, dude, I won't be in pink JT gear, man. I'll I'll probably be an O'Neill. True. I'll be I'll be full O'Neill guy. Because Daddy Frank loves you. Yeah, Daddy Frank loves you too. You, you <laughs> must love Daddy Frank. Listen to your voice, dude. Who have you been sticking down there? <laughs> so, uh, so, tell me more about the HEP deal. So you got? <clears throat> have you ridden the nineteen four fifty? RMZ, yeah, is that that's what you're? Yeah, that's you're what we're, that's yet? what we're riding on. Uh, it's a great bike, you know. Obviously, it's size kickstart, but uh, I mean the thing turns on a dime. Mm. Uh, you know, like we have a great engine package. Uh, you know, we're running Owen suspension this year, which you know we're we're testing with a lot, which it's we got it working really well. And uh, yeah, I mean like the team and the engine and everything, it's all coming together. You know, we have a solid crew. We have me, Chiz. And seven deuce deuce, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, we're gonna be rapping, we're gonna be like <laughs> sending it, yeah, and we're gonna be consistent. All three, all all in one shebang. So, so. okay, so your teammates are uh, Adam Entignap and Kyle Chisholm. Yeah. So, Kyle Chisholm's wife makes these like fancy denim jackets with bedazzling on it. So, are you gonna get one for Shredded Vapes, your chick? I don't know, dude. Probably not. No? No. No. She's not, she's not I'm not getting out. her anything. You, Valerie's not going to show up the truck with a denim jacket that says gay 62 on the back. <laughs> <laughs> she might do that, honestly. She she hates me that much to freaking change my last name. But, uh, but yeah, no. I ain't getting her shit. Okay, so your other teammate. So, Chiz. Dude, Chiz is super cool. Like, yeah. I, I've. I've, there's been a few times when I've helped him out, like mm-hmm. he's raced my bikes and stuff at the uh, Slam, mm-hmm. some different stuff. But uh, so Chiz is super cool. And then you got Seven Deuce Deuce, 
who, uh, were you with us that day at Milestone when he showed up? And we were like, I wonder if he's listening to himself. And he rolled up and he was listening to himself. No, I listened, I listened to all of his rap songs in his truck whenever I drive with him. He's like, bro, tell me what you think. And then he just clicks it on. He's like, and then we listen to the song and then he's like, all right, bro. I want your fucking honest opinion right now, dog. <laughs> Give me your honest opinion. I'm like, bro, that was solid. Yeah. He's like, yeah, bro. He's like, bro, let me let, let me let me give you a little bit different vibe real quick, all right? And then he'll click over a few, and he's like, listen to this. I'm like, hmm. I see what you're doing there. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's like, sick, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he rolled up. And I ran up to his truck, and he rolled the window down. I'm, are you listening to yourself? And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the best rapper alive, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've seen pictures of him. He looks like he's really leaned down, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's taking it super serious. I mean, he's got a good trainer. Um, you know, he's riding really well on the bike. Uh, he's doing his motos, everything, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we've all turned our uh, our fitness around. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, obviously you're a formerly uh, chubby guy. Chubby guy. I was fat as yeah. hell. So you're, it's funny because guys that used to be chubby that become fit, they just become obsessed with the mirror, right? Like, Dude, it's bad. Huh? It's bad. I'm like, I'm constantly looking at myself in the mirror like, sec- like one of the days that you posted like the fourth picture of you with no shirt on in a row, I was like, we just quit it. And you're like, I just can't believe I have a six pack. Oh, I know, I know. You could, it's like a washboard. It looked good this summer. It looked real good. Like this summer, it was. Oh, I was like, dang, I look good. I was like seven deuce deuce and it's rapping, bro. Hmm. So, so how much how much weight did you lose? Because I told you this before, but like, um, I forgot. I was at one of the really cold supercrosses where you guys pit mm-hmm. in the basement. And I was watching practice or something, and I saw you out there, the you know, 314 pink bubblegum gear. And I was like, that guy's my inspiration because you can be fat and go fast. Yeah, I lost uh, 20 pounds, 25 pounds. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was 205. When, when you were 205, did you think you were big? Yeah. You did? Yeah. But why I didn't you, know. Why, but why were you big? Were you just eating crap? Because well, your dad's not big, so it doesn't no. look like it runs in your. Okay. Well, I mean, what a lot of people don't know is like, I went four years, and I had an injury like every year. There was one year I broke my wrist and I couldn't ride for eight months, and then um, like as soon as I got back to that, I broke my femur, and they had complications with surgery, and I had to have two more after that, so I couldn't walk for a long time. Mm-hmm. I had to walk with a cane for like six months and it was like eight or nine months before I got back on the bike. And then once I did that, I broke my lower leg. Um, so like I was off, I was off the bike and I couldn't train properly for a while. And then obviously I love food, mm-hmm. so that didn't help. And I didn't have a trainer. I didn't know what I was doing in the gym. I was just freaking like, oh, look at a machine and go do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or have a bicycle. I go out on a, like a bicycle ride, and I was like the biggest squid ever. So I didn't, I didn't have a program. And then I think, you know, like it all turned around. Like I learned a lot whenever I went to club, 
even though I didn't lose any weight, I think I gained weight because I lived with Cade, Cade mm-hmm. Clayson, and he freaking ate steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I learned a lot whenever I went to club, and then and then when I left club and moved out here, started training with Davey and Pablo. Yeah, how did you end up hooking up with Davey? It was actually from my trainer, um, or not my trainer. It was actually from my one of my old previous mechanics, Derek Rankin. Mm-hmm. This dude is like really in, in, into like uh, WWE wrestling and shit. It's mm-hmm. like really weird. But uh, he works for Benny Bloss and he's on the Rocky Mountain team that Davey was on. Yeah. And uh, I was like, dude, like Davey growing up, you know, I was a big Davey Millsaps fan. Just like I liked the way he ride, you know, and everything like that. And he was also a bigger guy and he lost weight and he got into shape. And I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, Derek actually introduced me to him at one of the races, and he's like, dude, you're fat. Like, you need to train. I was like, yeah, but I don't know what to really do and stuff like that. He's like, well, come to California, and I'll train you. I was like, really? Just out of the blue. Yeah. Just conversation. I mean, pretty much. He's like, yeah. I mean, he's like, I can show you some stuff what to do. Mm -hmm. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And then, like, you know, I, I talked to him, like, throughout, and I was like, hey, like, you know, just sort of asking him questions and stuff like that. You know, I wasn't trying to bug him or anything. He's like, yeah, dude, just come out to California. You know, if you have a place to stay and then, you know, like, because I guess he was training alone at the time. Mm-hmm. He needed a training partner. I was like, okay. The day after Vegas, I flew back to club, packed all of my shit, and I drove from Club MX in South Carolina all the way to California, and I started on Monday. We did Lacresta the first day, and I died. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm jet lagged from the van, like, you know, and, you know, and then that sort of like, it started something and then, you know, we started training and I started getting better and better and better and, uh, losing weight. And then I did that, uh, he introduced me to Pablo. Yeah. We drove to Colorado to do a mountain bike race, 50 Mm -hmm. mile mountain bike race at Leadville. Yeah. Pablo, the first thing Pablo sees me and I've been training with Davey for like a month. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Pablo looks at Davey. He's like, what have you been feeding this guy? He's fat as shit. Still. <laughs> still. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I, th- I thought I was starting to look good. I'm like, dang. And then, uh, yeah, I didn't really eat much for a week. Just like broccoli and, and green beans and spinach. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I had to, on top of that, I did this 50-mile mountain bike race at 12,000 feet of elevation. Yeah. You know, you start at 10,000 feet and climb up. And, you know, it's like... It's the gnarliest freaking race I've ever done. Uh, I started cramping at mile, like, 20. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it took me eight hours to finish that thing because I was cramping so bad. How, how did Pablo become involved in motocross? Was it James Stewart that brought him in first? I, that, that was how I met him. Um, yeah, I think so. He uh, he had a uh, a gym in uh, in New York, New York City, right? Yeah, yeah. Like so I don't understand class. how James met a trainer in New York City. Well, I English. Pablo Pablo raced <coughs> motorcycles previously in the Dominican okay. Republic, and um, and yeah. So I don't really know how him and James met, but uh, but yeah, I, I just know that he had the gym in in New York mm-hmm. and everything like that, and then. Um, and yeah, I actually lost ten pounds that week whenever I went to Colorado. Yeah, just that week. Just that week, okay. I lost ten pounds. So, has it been easy for you to keep the weight off now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been pretty easy. I mean, as like long that, as I like, suffer. Like, as a former fatty, does it come back easily if you slack off, or if you pretty much change your body type now? I'd like to think that I've changed my body type, but 
at the same time, like, if I'm slacking off, I can tell, like, I it, the, it comes back super easy. Mm. You know, like, if, if there's, like, three or four days where I don't, like, if I take, like, I took some time off after, um... Well, when you broke I, your back. Well, yeah, I took some time off whenever I broke my back, and uh, there wasn't really much I could do, and, you know, it the weight, definitely. Like, I probably gained five pounds, but it came back so easy. It was just so frustrating. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I got back to riding and stuff like that, and it sort of came off, but... Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, hey, let's take a break to hear from uh, our show's sponsors, but uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how good you look in that Rhino Power outfit. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, white doesn't do yeah. good with me. Ogeo has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never-seen-before features like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear, and more, the Ogeo 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. This offseason, I've been training harder than ever getting ready for 2019, and I've been using Rhino Power supplements before, during, and after my training and has made a big difference, especially the motivation pills. Use Swap Moto as your discount code at checkout for 10% off your purchase, plus free shipping on rhinopower.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. All right, welcome back to the Swap Moto Life presented by OGO. Um, so yeah, Alex, there was just a Rhino Power commercial on the show. And uh, yeah, you look pretty good in that white camo, snow camo, Rhino Power cycling kit. God, that stuff makes me... It makes me look thicker than a bowl of oatmeal, dude. That picture you sent me, oh, it was terrible. Did you ever delete that? You need to delete that thing. No, I'll post it someday. Yeah. So, but hey, speaking of, of Rhino Power, though, like, do you, do you use that stuff? Yeah. You're a Rhino Power athlete, right? Yeah, I'm a Rhino Power athlete. So, what do you prefer to use? Uh, well, well the, I know you drink the hydration fuel because it tastes like Kool-Aid. Yeah, I definitely do the hydration fuel because it tastes like Kool-Aid. Um, I, I really like the recovery um, the recovery pills. Mm-hmm. The motivation stuff is like crack. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's pretty... They should just... Motivation, they should just take that off and just put crack on there. Mm. And... Uh, so when do you take... Do you take that before you, you train? You don't take it before you like race and ride, do you? Um, or do you? I do. Hmm. Yeah. How about that gladiator stuff? Now, if I'm, like, trying to go boof at the gym and be a freaking, like, swell patrol, yeah, I'll, I'll take a scoop of that. That's, yeah. Yeah. No, I can't do anything on that. No? Is it just, it makes you itch and shit? Yeah, it makes my back itchy. <laughs> it's too aggro. I'm not a crossfitter, bro. Oh, yeah. Take one scoop of that and you got freaking pimples popping out of your forehead yeah. and shit. But, dude, the motivation pills and the endurance pills are magic. I actually took two. I haven't ran. I'm I'm not a runner, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, being a bigger dude, like having my legs all janked up from breaking them and everything. Yeah. Like I'm not a runner. I took two of those pills and I ran pretty good yesterday. Did I you? did a pretty good run. Yeah. Oh, dude, I can't run at all. Yeah. Like I mean, I look I look like a like I look like a monkey. Yeah. Fucking a football whenever I'm running, but yeah. 
like I, I felt pretty good about my run yesterday. Well, that's good. Oh yeah, you were at you were at Santiago High School, weren't you? Yeah, I was in shark infested waters. Yeah, <laughs> just creeping <laughs> on the high school girls. No, dude. <clears throat> no, oh. there wasn't anyone there. No, there wasn't. No, oh, yeah, I was on Christmas or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. went worked on Christmas. That's good. So, uh, yeah, uh, one of the reasons. Uh, I get to hang around Alex so much is a because he lives across the freeway from me, and b we both like to cycle, so I spend a lot of time with him on bicycles. So you want to know what's funny is before I came here to chat with you, coincidentally, I was having a phone conversation with Roger Larson from Seven. Oh yeah. So this this podcast is actually dedicated to you, Roger, because out of the blue he goes, "Bro, you got to knock it off with the Alex Ray shit." And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, dude, dude, everything on your Instagram is Alex Ray. And I go, no, it's not. And he's all, dude, everything, everything. It's it's hurting your image. <laughs> I'm all, what do you mean? He goes, dude, everything is Alex Ray. And I go, well, just on like my stories, you know, because I'm poking fun at him all the time. You know, but we we, we ride bicycles a lot together and, and stuff. And uh, But he's just all, dude. It, it makes it look like you don't have anyone cooler to hang out with than Alex Ray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm pretty cool. I know. I, I stuck up for you. I all right, good. Well, Roger Larson's a dick. <laughs> I was all, I was all uh, Alex is cool. I go, he, he gives me just as much shit as I give him. Yeah. But uh, but he said that you guys got into it at Loretta Lynn's one year at a party or at the beer tent. No, that was actually one of my buddies. That was one of my buddies from uh, from Kentucky. Yeah, they got into it. No, because heavy. because like you were saying, you weren't cool enough to wear seven or something. Oh yeah, I did say that. I said something like, I was like, it's just like, I don't know. They have every <coughs> everyone that wears their gear. They just they have like a certain image. So it's like, I guess sort of egotistical mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. You got to have a big ego to wear seven gear or something like that. I told him that. So. <laughs> That was when you were wearing pink JD, though, right? No. No, that was... Are you sure? Because that's what he said. I was wearing Fly, I think. Fly, okay. Yeah, well, okay. Fly. is JT still in business? I have, an, I have no idea. I think I think they are. Yeah, maybe. They don't make a big push anywhere, but I mean, I've seen newer JT stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool, but when you were wearing JT gear, did you choose to wear the pink, or did they ask you to wear the pink? Well, I think there was, like, one round or so that where they, like, brought it to me. I was like, okay, that's pretty crazy. And then... But you wore it a lot after that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, like, I want to wear the pink gear, you know, to sort of stand out because I wasn't very fast. I was like, I needed some way to stand out for people to, like, notice me and know who I was. You didn't so think it was kind of a publicity think... stunt. I didn't th- I didn't think that I actually looked like a big-ass retard whenever I looked like a fucking Easter bunny. But <coughs> I don't know. I mean, it's but like... You didn't, you didn't think for a second that the size of your stomach wasn't enough to make you stand out? Yeah, I don't know, man. I was, I was young. I was only, like, 18, 17. Yeah. I was young. So you gotta cut me a little bit of slack, but but I mean, were you like rolling up to practice, just going, <laughs> I look good? No, no, I was like, wow, because I mean, you wore the pink helmet and everything. Oh, I wore it all, and then like after a while, they just started just sending me only pink gear, <laughs> only pink gear. 
Like, I would ask for something else, and they're like, no, only the pink stuff. You know what's funny about that, though, is that, like, you know, I, I knew you as pink 314. Well, I, I started out, I always had a pink helmet. I had, like, cool pink helmets because I, like, shoving my head in pink stuff. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but Val has a dark complexion. <laughs> hey, man. It's, it's whatever floats your boat, I guess. But, uh, so, I, I knew you as that, the pink, the pink chubby guy. And then, like, when I saw you later, when the next time you came to my attention, you were, you were on a Yamaha and you were fit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way that's that same guy. Because I figured that the pink Alex Ray that I saw was, like, a vet or something. Or someone that was, like, too old to be ready to race in Supercross but was living out a, a bucket list dream or something. Yeah. And then, you know, then I see young Alex Ray who's thin and fast. So, like... It's funny. I didn't see the in between. I just yeah. saw you here, and then I saw you there. Yeah. <clears throat> but was it easier to go fast when you weighed less? Oh yeah, I could be so nimble on the bike. It was a huge transition for me because I remember like coming out of corners and not being able to get my fucking my fat ass like up on my toes, you know, to do like doubles out of a corner, you know, to stay lower. I was always like sitting down, seat bouncing stuff, and. And like whenever I was lighter, more nimble, it was easier for me to just get up on the on my toes and and stand up over jumps a lot, mm-hmm. and just it was easier on cornering, it was easier on scrubbing, jumping, whoops weren't. I actually had to relearn how to hit whoops because I could be lazy and big in the whoops, mm-hmm. and the rear wheel would just stay down, and I could just truck through those things. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was lighter, I sort of had to like pay more attention in the whoops because yeah. I didn't have the anchor in my ass to you know mm-hmm. to get me through them so i mean that was the only thing that you know i noticed was the whoops i had to work on a little bit but everything else it was so much easier to ride my dirt bike yeah yeah and the bikes actually got faster too because i wasn't weighing them down so much yeah yeah it was like a mud moto every time i race <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man all right we're gonna not talk about fat alex days anymore yeah so, dude i'm trying to get away from fat so, alex yeah. so i i, I actually am, i'm intrigued by your new team deal and, and when I talked to you at, I think, the Transworld Slam on camera, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, your team, one of the owners is George Holland, former 125 national champion. You were like, huh? huh? <laughs> have you met Holland yet? No, I have not. I'm actually excited. My dad is super excited that George Holland is a huge part. He's like, dude, George Holland is <clears throat> awesome. Have you met him yet? Like, mm-hmm. get his autograph for me. Like, cause my dad's a huge George Holland fan. And then, you know, like, no, I have not met him yet, but it, I think it's cool. It's George Holland, a guy named Billy and then, um, Aaron pipes or the, Aaron, Aaron, yeah, Aaron and Dustin. Yeah. So I guess there's the, That's the, the H-E-P. yeah, H E P. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, with, with, it's a strong, I think it's a strong team, you know, it's, it's growing and, um, you know, it's a second year team. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it, it can only go up from here. Yeah. It's funny because, um, you know, my buddy and Transworld Motocross test rider, Talon LaFontaine, he, mm-hmm. he raced for Hep Suzuki last year. Yeah. And every race I was at, I went to the truck with the goal of meeting George Holland. Like I'd say, hey, Talon, is George here? <laughs> oh, he's not here. You know, he's never yeah. there at a race, right? Yeah. Because George Holland's era was when I was like a kid that first got interested in motocross and mm-hmm. I'd read the magazines and stuff. And my brother Ross of Enzo Racing, uh, he's 
before he started Enzo, he had K he's worked for KYB for many years, and so he worked with the factory Suzuki team with uh, George Holland and Eric Kehoe at the same time. Yeah, and it was I, I don't know how he pulled it off, but he got one of George Holland's helmets and gave it to me, and so I had this like Arai two piece helmet. It was uh, painted by this guy Serrano they used to paint helmets yeah and the trademark thing for Serrano is he would hand paint the logos on like there was never any stickers on his helmet he just hand paint the logos yeah he would paint the logos but he would paint the logos on and shadow them so that it looked like part of the paint job yeah it was pretty trick so I had this like yellow and blue Arai George Holland helmet with number 11s on it and you know, I I didn't put it on my shelf. I like covered the lens up with my number. Oh, shit. <laughs> and you just wore it? Oh, I used to wear that thing, man. Oh man. man. <clears throat> but uh but yeah, I mean I I remember reading about George Holland in the magazines. Uh, That's cool. When I was a little kid, so I was interested in meeting him, but it's kinda weird. He's one of those guys that retired from the sport, and very successful, and just bam, just, was gone. Yeah. Like uh you know, like guys like you know, Jeff Emig is still around announcing yeah. and and stuff like that. So it always kind of uh, interests me when guys can walk away from, you know, I guess walking away, retiring from a profession and walking away from it is one thing, but it's a profession that many people start because it's fun and they love it, you know? Yeah. So like, like even Johnny O, it blows my mind that he doesn't ride anymore just for fun. It's like, don't you want to ride Osho? Yeah. I got I got a bunch of bikes. Come riding with me. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. Jeez. So, I mean, yeah. are you, what do you think? When you retire? When I retire? Are you going to never ride again or are you going to keep riding? I think, <clears throat> I think I'm, honestly, I'm scared that I'm going to be like a 40-year-old dude still trying to live out the dream. <laughs> to be honest, like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to separate myself from, from not going to the races or, yeah. or something like that. You know, I, I don't see myself like not being at the races somehow some way mm -hmm. you know like i mean even after i get done racing i still want to be at the races somehow i want to find a job you know that allows me to do something like that i want to find a job in the industry because i love motorcycles i love yeah. racing any type of motorcycle racing mm -hmm. you know whether it be hell because yeah, you're a you're a fledgling flat track racer now. oh yeah i know <laughs> right i freaking smoked pilo's ass <laughs> you know <laughs> hey you want to hear a funny story about old motor, moto dudes this morning me and shredded vapes upstairs we were uh -huh. we we're uh getting coffee and breakfast at this this choke and puke place in newport and uh jeff ward walks in mm. i'm looking at him staring at him and he's like he's outside because i have my road bike on the on the top of her car yeah he's out looking at my road bike and stuff he's like oh is that your bike i was like yeah he had no no idea who you no were. idea who i uh -huh. was Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. He's like, oh, yeah, where are you from? I was like, oh, yeah, I live over in Corona. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was just over there. I was like, yeah, don't you own all this stuff over Or, like, you have a part of, you know, this stuff over there with the test tracks and stuff? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I live right by there. He's like, yeah, man, I've been over there. Anaheim's coming up. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's stressful, stressful, stressful time. He had no idea who I was. I was like, holy Did shit. Did he never catch on? Nope, never caught on. He's like, all right, have a good day. <clears throat> Peace out and went and rode his mountain bike. <laughs> It's like, shit, dude. I'm still a freaking nobody. I had a factory ride this summer. Still a freaking nobody. Nobody knows who the hell I am. Dude, everybody knows who you are. If I was wearing a pink shirt, he'd know where I was. Yeah. Yeah, he'd, he'd know exactly who I was. Yeah, oh, you're, you're Easter Bunny A-Ray. Yeah, 314. Jeez. So, yeah. uh, 
I gotta ask, like, how do you make a living? Like, I, I mean, like, seriously, like a rider, <clears throat> that's what sucks about moto, right? Yeah. A rider of your caliber <clears throat> who is good enough to make main events mm-hmm. in the highest level of, of motocross racing, and 250 Supercross, or 450 Supercross, like, like, I don't know, is HEP giving a salary or are they giving you bonuses? Um, no salary. Uh, like, small bonuses. Um, I do have good Suzuki continuity, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, like, it was, it was good last year. I was able to keep, uh, to get, like, gear money for, like, my helmet, goggles, boots, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and, and my gear. Um, but, uh... But yeah, so that that held me over pretty well, you know. And then I made pretty pretty good money doing pretty well in Supercross. And then, um, like purse money. Yeah, purse money. Purse money. I had uh, I had no salary last year, nor do I this year. Um, you know. And then uh, obviously, you know, into Supercross, I had a little bit of money, but uh, I, you know, I got the call from uh, the factory Yamaha team. Still no salary, but they paid me like they gave me a good per diem. Each mm-hmm. weekend, you know, to get to the races. And so would you, like, take your per diem and then eat a bologna sandwich you packed at home? Yeah, I would buy the cheapest flight. I flew a red-eye to freaking Colorado and showed up <laughs> Saturday morning. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like like that type <clears throat> hey, of stuff. Hey, you got to make it where you can, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then you know, like, O'Neill helped me out with, uh, with, good, with good bonuses that mm-hmm. way this summer. Um, so I did pretty well this year, but... It's it's just super tough because you have I had such like a, a long off season and with getting hurt at Monster Cup I missed income like a few positions at Monster Cup and then I missed straight rhythm mm-hmm. so like pretty much you make good money in Supercross a little bit of money outdoors if you're on a good team and you don't have a lot of expenses mm-hmm. and then you spend everything that you make investing in yourself investing in yourself in the off season <clears throat> and yeah. you know like just putting it back into yourself and then once Anaheim Anaheim comes around I mean you're scraping for pennies yeah you know and then and hopefully you don't get hurt and if you do get hurt you're you're shit out of luck yeah. you're screwed you had to go work at McDonald's or something pretty much is I mean it, it sucks you know but I mean hey it's it's pretty much all I freaking know I yeah. mean I've been racing dirt bikes since I was a little kid you know so like okay so you're you earned national number 62 this year yeah um, you've made main events. Um, you finished in the top. Have you, did you finish top ten in the nationals this year at one of the races or a motor? Twelfth overall, eleventh. Yeah. But I mean, one of the races. you're you're that good, right? Yeah. And the fact that you're struggling come January every year is I, I is honestly puzzling. It's like why do you do it? I mean, obviously you do it because you love dirt bikes and you love racing. Yeah, but, I don't know, but. Do you do it with the the dream of, dude? I, four guys could fall and I could win and I'm one, and no. I'll get a factory ride. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just something like the drive of of progressing. I guess mm-hmm. you could say. I mean, like we and all you are have progressing. It. You're better. Yes. That's like I'm so scared of going backwards. That's why I've been busting my ass. Like, yeah, you know, that's that's probably the worst thing that could happen is going backwards. You know, and that's what's. That's what's scary. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Just, like, the progression is what sort of keeps me going. And, you know, like, me getting better each year, that's what keeps me coming back. Like, I just want to be the best Alex 
I can be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, screw everyone else. Like, I want to be the best I can be. And I feel like I haven't got there yet, so I want to get there. You know, I mean, it, that just goes for anything in life. Not only racing. Like, whenever I get done racing, I want to apply that same mentality to any job that I go to. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's Call me a freaking idiot for still wanting to race and not making any money. But, I mean, one, it's fun. Two, you get to travel to places that you'd never get to travel unless you were, like, some business dude. Yeah. And you're miserable anyways, you know, because you're yeah, probably it, sitting at a desk. That, that's pretty awesome itself. Like, you just got back from Singapore? Yeah, Singapore. I mean, I dude, re- you got to go race. On a beach in the for, sand. For, for free, right? Yeah, for they, free. they paid everything for you to go. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's like. You know, and you hear, like, Americans talk about raising the GPs, and they're kind of like, oh, dude, I don't want to do that. But, like, one of the things that intrigued me about that with Thomas Covington was Mm -hmm. that, like, he understands it. Like, dude, I got to see the whole entire world for free. Yeah. And experience all these cultures and everything. So, I mean, on a lesser scale than someone who raced GPs full time, but, I mean, motorcycle racing is taking you all over the United States and several countries, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Europe, Australia, I mean... All kinds of places. I mean, Singapore, like, that place was amazing. Mm-hmm. I ate a stingray. I ate all kinds of weird food over there. Yeah. You ate a stingray? Yeah. Shitting all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> How about monkey brains? I think I had monkey balls. <laughs> I seen a couple of monkeys there. Yeah? Yeah, they attack you and stuff. Oh, well, that's no good. Yeah, I did a mountain bike ride. Like, I guess, what is it? Is it close to Taiwan? Or something like that over there. Singapore? Yeah. yeah. We we got our mountain bikes and we put them on a boat. Like, we took like a 30-minute boat ride across to this other island to go mountain biking. Uh-huh. And he's like, dude, watch where you stop like, and get off because like, there's snakes. Like, we're in the jungle, dude. There's wild boar, uh-huh. like run, wild pigs and shit like running around and there's snakes everywhere. Yeah. And it's human as balls. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. It was like one of the weirdest experiences ever. It was amazing. You, was like, there was there legit mountain bike trails there, or yes. were you guys just riding wherever? No, they were legit mountain bike trails. Really? Yeah, they were sick too. So there was like a bunch of Singapore people. Oh yeah, there's, riding mountain bikes. Yeah, yeah. Were they wearing the the visors to cover their face from the sun? No, but they all looked like you, and they all had S works. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I noticed. I noticed that you were riding a, a loner bike in Singapore that was nicer than the one you have here. Yeah, yeah. Or, or not nicer, but newer. Yeah, rather. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So okay, so talking about like earning money and everything. So like the the Suzuki deal this year was it a no brainer? Yeah, I'll take it because it's a ride. It's a guaranteed factory supported bike. Or was it kind of like? There was a pros and cons of way out because along with that ride came a team gear deal. And I assume Thor's not paying you, right? They're paying the team. Yeah, they're paying the team. So everything head to toe is team supplied, right? Yes. Um Yeah, I mean that that was <clears throat> that it was it was a little bit like a little bit of way back and forth, you know, with that. I didn't really know what to do. But um it was either, I don't know, I just, I hadn't heard anything yet back from Christina, and there was, a like, you know, like I said, uncertainty there, and this was, like, right there. I didn't want to pass up an opportunity mm-hmm. and miss out on something and be left on my own, and then if I'm left out on my own, yeah, I have this gear money, but 
they give you less if you're not on a team. And mm-hmm. then I have that stress of having to book my own flights, yeah. all the money coming out of my pocket, finding someone to haul my bike, all of that stress. So I sort of just, I was like, either either I have stress of all this stuff like I have to deal with or have everything taken care of, have mm-hmm. a good bike, everything supplied for me, don't have to worry about anything. I was like, well, I might not make money gear wise but i can make it up in bonuses from like you know contingency yeah or whatever you know my finishes might be better over here versus doing it on my own so and then so i i covered this with uh weston pike in the podcast i did with him when he got home from france it was like i think there's some people that ignorantly assume oh he's got a ride that team provides his insurance like an employer right like even at the factory highest levels, they're considered contractors. Yeah. So you're required to get your own insurance and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So um, what about that expense? Is it hard to get in health insurance as a professional dirt bike racer? Um, or that's I mean, only life insurance where they ask what you do, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, my par- I'm still actually like on my parents because I'm 25, but once I turn 26, oh, okay. I'm screwed. Pretty much like, yeah. like I've already, I've already talked with them about it. It's going to, it's kind of, it's kind of hard because with how many injuries I've had and everything like that, insurance companies are like, it's a liability for them pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I feel like my insurance is going to be through the roof, but, but, uh, I'll have to cross that bridge when I get there for sure. Hey, you should take out one of those, uh, those, uh, insurance policies that pay you when you get hurt. I should. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's a lady that comes to our race series from Combined Insurance. Mm. And it's like, it's like, it's not that much. It's like a couple hundred bucks a year. Yeah. And there's this whole like grocery list. Like, oh, a broken bone, you get a thousand bucks. Oh, shit. (laughs) Really? You know, this, you get this much. This, you get this much. And it's like, I did it once. And uh, when I broke my collarbone because I had it plated and had surgery, like I got a check for 1500 bucks, I think. No, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I use it to buy new mountain bike shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's good. But you know what? Okay, so you have the skill set and the speed to supplement your income if you wanted to. Like every off-race weekend, you could mm-hmm. go do some local race somewhere and win a few hundred bucks, right? Yeah. How come guys like you don't do that? Like, like Rich Taylor... You know, long time Transworld test rider. Oh, yeah. When he was a national pro guy holding like number 30, yeah, I'd be like, hey, let's go race CMC this weekend. He'd be like, no, dude, can't do that. I was like, well, why not? Oh, dude, when, when local pros see a national number guy show up, they just want to take him out. I mean, that is true. Is that it? is true. Yeah. Cause I've, I've done like whenever. I don't know, like sort of in the off season, we used to do like these fair races and everything. Mm-hmm. And all these, all these local dudes would get pissed that we would show up, and then they all try to like gang up and take us out. I almost <laughs> got in a fight one night. At, what's that guy's name? Chad Johnson has a track, I think, or no? Well, it was some Johnson guy. He had a like a indoor, indoor race, and he had a supercross track. There, we were staying there, and do we? Um, we had a ride outside my motorhome one night because they were so pissed. Because this dude, he, they like tried to take us out. It's me and Brad Noddett and some other guy. We were all training together. And uh, 
yeah, they were like all trying to like team up and take us out, and it done pissed me off, and I didn't cut the track and tried to ghost ride my bike into somebody, and I don't know, everybody was all pissed off, but, and then also, I get pissed, and I will do something stupid and crash, mm-hmm. and I'll get hurt. It's happened yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's how I tore my meniscus and my knee. I was at a local race back home in Tennessee, and this local kid was beating beating me and roosting the shit out of me and is pissing me off every time. I couldn't see, and I just held my bike wide open, went around this turn, and dabbed my foot and freaking tore my meniscus because oh. I was trying to pass him, but it was just he was just too good that night, you know. Yeah, local well, heroes. Well, you came out, you know, you came to a Trans World Motocross Race Series race. Mm-hmm. How much did you win that day? 150 bucks? Yeah, 150 bucks. 150 bucks. I bought groceries for that week. Yeah. So see? But I mean, you, you mopped those fools up that day. Yeah. Yeah? With uh-huh. a borrowed helmet? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I was laying in bed. <clears throat> I remember I was laying in bed. I was just sitting there. I was like, hey, have you practiced yet? He's like, yeah, practice is over. You, you're like race 15. You can make it. All right. I just like, I was like, shit, I'm going to go. And yeah. then I just load all my shit up. Like I, I don't even think I even grabbed any water. I didn't have any water, nothing. Yeah. Forgot my helmet. And then, oh man, luckily there was a guy running around with the Araya helmet. I was like, Hey yeah. dude, let me borrow your helmet real quick. Yeah. It yeah. was a large too, right? Yeah, it was, it was a large. For you. The thing was flopping around everywhere. My goggles were crooked and everything while I was trying to ride. The track was rough that day. Yeah. yeah. It was like endless bumps around the whole thing. <laughs> so, so, uh, that day that you came out to race, um, you know, my daughter Megan was there and she does the, the race series interviews. Mm-hmm. At, and then we went to eat. We went to eat at Ancho's afterwards, remember? That's what that place is called. Yeah. Wow. It has yeah. those freaking... Tortillas. Oh, oh, my God. Later that night, we're like... We're like hanging out, and Megan goes, "That guy's that guy's a knucklehead." <laughs> I go, "What?" She goes, "He's he's so absent-minded. How how does he how did he forget his helmet? How did how is he like the best guy at the races today, and he forgot his helmet?" And she's all, and he was saying all this other stuff, like, you know, she's making those starting blocks, yeah, with the ropes, and she saw. He asked me if I was making a noose. <laughs> <laughs> you tying up a noose over yeah. there or what? But but uh yeah, I just I just thought that was That's funny. That's pretty funny. I thought it was funny that my twenty year old daughter's like, quit hanging out with that guy, Dad, he's a knucklehead. Yeah. I think I forgot my toolbox that day too. Yeah. Uh, but uh so okay, so going into Anaheim here, uh is your bike ready? I mean I know that you had some some progress to make after the first weekend that you spent up there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go ride the race bike this weekend and and break in the frame and everything. So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited to ride the race bike. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't rode much this week, you know, having to do with Christmas and all and and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, everything's sort of coming together. A little late, but but it's coming together. The race bike looks sick. Does it? Yeah, it looks really good. Is it uh there's a lot of people doing black this year. I don't know if it's like coincidence or what, but I don't know. My bike's gonna look sick. The sixty two machine. <laughs> the sixty two uh, machine sick. Yeah. It, you see it's black? It's not all black, no, it's Some it's black. half yellow, half black. 
I think the charm of the Suzuki is the blue and yellow. Like, I like the blue. You just like bright colors. It's easier for my small eyes to see. Yeah. Well, but, whenever bright colors pop out at you, you have to squint even more. Yeah. <laughs> Dick. So, <laughs> so uh, you guys are running Olean Suspension. Yeah. Um, how has that been working with those guys? Because uh, in the past, I think we've we've gotten a kit of Olean stuff sent to us. And I know I've tasked Rich Taylor with the job of testing it. And he wasn't too favorable about it. I mean, but, it has its own. It has its own feel. It has its pluses and minuses. Uh, you know, it it reacts a lot different compared to like a KYB or, or a Showa. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more active. Moves a lot more. It, it moves a lot more. Um, it's got a lot of bump absorption, but you know, with that comes a little bit of deflection, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, and it's and the clickers are super super sensitive. So, uh, you Olin's have like 45 clicks or something. I don't know, man. I thought there was like way more clicks. You're getting way too technical with me right now. <laughs> so, like, I know what the shit does, <clears throat> I just don't know how to how to yeah. do the adjustments. Okay, because the stock Suzuki 450, the only glaring shortcoming of it is that weird shock, the Shaw yeah. BFRC, BFRC shock, right? So, I mean, it's so weird that even like, have you heard that like some of the guys, like, amateur team guy like rich richard taylor rich taylor's son rich was telling me dude oh, we got it dialed you have to go find an old shock <laughs> you got an old wp shock a pds shock from mm-hmm. when ktms had no linkage and then shoved the show internals in it or something and had this crazy hybrid shock and that's what they're putting on Suzuki's. Like, have you heard that or have you even ridden one yeah i've rode with one that was what was on the hep bike <laughs> Last year, I think. A WP shock body with yeah. show internals. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Wow. It's crazy. It's like Frankenstein shock. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I rode with it. I mean, I, it looked funky, but I mean, I uh-huh. rode with it, and it, was, it went up and down. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh. So, okay, but the Olin shock is an improvement over stock for you? Yes. I mean, even at the... Not supercross things like you, you rode one on a motocross track too, right? Um, I've rode with an Olin's rear shock. Actually, no, I haven't. I don't mm. think the only supercross, the okay. new uh, Olin's flow shock. Yeah, is your are your forks like that gold color? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Fourteen carat, yeah. <laughs> Does that make your eyes squint even more too? Yeah. Did you know I have an Olin shock on my mountain bike? Really? Yeah. On on the e bike, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah. So, what else? Is there anything... Well, man, your sponsors won't be listening to this. Is there anything funky on the bike? Like, does the team have any weird sponsor, like tire balls or something? No, but I will say that we have a badass new sponsor. Who is it? Oh, you can't talk about it? Freaking WD-40, bro. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, WD-40 is entering the motocross... Sick. ...marketplace, right? Yeah. None of my shit's gonna rust, dude. <laughs> None of it. But but you guys aren't using it like on your chains, right? You have like a hold uh, up, hold up, hold up. I've used WD forty on my chains since I was like ten years old, dude. <laughs> but it flies off like instantly. Okay, but listen, I grew up riding in the sand, 
If yeah. you put chain loop, oh, the sand sticks. To it. The sand sticks to it, and you have your shit's wore out in mm-hmm. freaking two hours. Mm-hmm. Put WD forty on it. It doesn't. None of that <clears> sticks to it, and you, you still got a nice little lube to it. Yeah. And WD-40 now makes a bunch of different stuff, right? Yeah. Do they make, like, wash, bike washes and stuff? Or? I think so. Yeah, because there's a, at the Sea Otter Classic Mountain Bike Race, mm-hmm. there's a WD-40 bike wash station. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, That's pretty cool. You know, isn't it funny how mountain bike shops will tell you, don't wash your bike with a hose? Yeah. You know, and, like, you're supposed to just wipe it down with a wet rag, and then you go to Sea Otter Classic, and WD-40's got a Big hoses and power washers. <laughs> People do their shit. Yeah. So, so the team's sponsored by WD Forty. Yeah. Is that the l- entire lubricant sponsor? But like, no. What oil are you guys running? The We're running Redline oil. Redline oil. Yeah. And chain lube and stuff. Then, right? I don't know. You're getting way too oh. into specifics, man. That's a mechanics question. All right. What else? What kind of tires are you guys using? We're using Dunlops. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, sometimes teams like that would have, like... Golden Tire? Golden Tire or V-Rubber. Hoosier? Hoosier is supposed to be badass. Dude, yeah, I hear that. But every time I say, <coughs> like, Hoosier, I always want to say, Who's your daddy? <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, every time I see Hoosier, I'm like, Who's your daddy? <laughs> yeah. It's funny because when I saw that first, like, picture of the Hoosier Tire that serviced... Yeah. I got like super pumped because, dude, when I, I mean, everybody knows that I started racing on three, three wheelers, wheelers, right? And so, dude, so when I had a Kawasaki Takata. I can't imagine your Asian ass on a three wheeler. Dude, <laughs> I was the yellow Jimmy White, man. Oh, man. So, so anyway, so I had this Kawasaki Takati, right? And um, I was running Goodyear like golf cart tires on it, right? Yeah. Because that's what everyone did. But Factory Cowie got sponsored by Hoosier, and they helped develop these three-wheeler racing tires. Mm-hmm. And the pattern on the rear tires was so sick. It was just these straight lines across with zigzags. So it was like the whole tread was triangles, right? Yeah. And the front tire was just lines around the tire, so it looked like, I don't know, fucking pizza cutter or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, me and my dad, we drove, we lived in Pasadena. And he was like, oh, Kawasaki runs them. You you need a set. <laughs> Dude, we drove to Bakersfield from Pasadena one Saturday morning to go buy Hoosier tires from the only place that sold them. And it wasn't even a freaking dirt bike shop. It was a golf cart shop. And they had these Hoosier tires. But yeah, so anyway, I thought that the Hoosier tires were the, the shit back then. Yeah. Right? Have and you so, got a set yet? Of the dirt bike tires? Yeah. No, I haven't. But, like, I saw it, and, like, the picture I saw, you know that Hoosier logo is that, like, I Dream of Genie letters? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's made out of smoke. Yeah. It was, like, spray-painted on the side <laughs> of the tire. I got so stoked. I'm all, dude, Hoosiers. <laughs> but, like, uh, I think we reached out to them to try to get a set to test for the magazine, and they yeah. were like, mm, we're not to that point yet. Oh, no. Huh. But, yeah. I don't know. Three wheelers are making a comeback, though. You know that, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I could just, oh. <coughs> See you on a freaking boss hoss. Yeah. Cruising down the 15. So, hey, I'm looking in your garage. Where's um, where's your chick's Grom? Or was it a Grom or a Cowie? It's a Cowie. It's in there. Is it in there? Yeah, it's in there. It's next to it's next to a road bike that she never rides. Yeah, uh, I I, uh, I remember the first time I met her, 
we met at Chipotle to eat, and she rode that thing with that space bubble helmet. <laughs> right? Yeah. She looks like the dude off space balls. Yeah. <laughs> the bubble helmet. Yeah, have you ridden around doubles on that thing? Yeah. yeah. You have? Yes. Oh, God. With her, with her, like me riding bitch. With I'm on the back. I'm on the back, scared oh, to death. I bet. Because, well, the, the front tire was low for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'd be coming up to a red light to go left, and the thing gets yellow, and she just full bore sends it. Pins it? Yeah, oh, dude, pitches the thing, drops the knee, the whole nine, and I'm on the back holding on for dear life. I'm like, this, it's the end. Yeah. But she just pitches it in there and sends it. Hmm. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> She's dude. nuts, dude. So, oh, we, we didn't touch on on any of the... the, the, the how you become a victim of crime in South Corona. Oh, jeez. So, like, have you, have you, heard, no, no leads on your bike at all? No. The bike that got stolen? None yet, no. How did the phone call go when you had to call Jim Perry and tell him that you got a, I was like, uh, hey. Yamaha with factory suspension stolen? I called, I texted him at, like, six in the morning, because I was obviously, I was headed to go mountain biking with you. Yeah. And, uh, I text him. I was like, hey, man, uh, give me a call whenever you get a chance. It's very, very important. You know, and then once he got to work, he called me. I was like, hey, I don't know what happened. Um, one of the bikes got stolen. And, you know, like, I mean, I don't know what I got to do. I'm sorry. Like, I'll do whatever it takes, you know, to, you know, whatever, you know. It's like, I mean, yeah, it sucks. But, you know, when. I guess shit happens, you know. I mean, he was really cool about it, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yeah, I mean, I had to pay for a Yamaha 450, obviously. But uh, I heard you, you haven't had to pay for that suspension, though. Huh? Uh, that's still that's still pending. I don't know yet. You know, some of the key guys at KYB yeah quit and they work at Showa now, so I think you might like you might have escaped. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, did you know that? Did you know that Brian Shimizu works at Showa now? Mm-mm. Yeah, he he bounced. So maybe your invoice went with him. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. How about the truck? The truck was found, I think, in Riverside. Yeah. I a guy named Ivan Torres stole it. He had Ivan like Torres? ten. Yeah, he had like ten different vehicles. Sounds like a freestyle guy. Ivan Torres. That sounds like a freestyle name. Yeah. Like probably where he's like. SMP gear. <laughs> yeah, I had an SMP jersey. Did you? Yeah, I wanted to be. I wanted to have the full like over the boot freestyle dude for the longest time. My dad would get so pissed off. He's like, "You're not wearing that shit." So yeah, so when that whole baggy pant LBZ revolution happened, were you? Were you? Did you buy into that? Oh did yeah, I was on fifties. Yeah, I was on fifties. Um, there's, I'd always ask my dad cause Carrie Hart would wear like the over the boot pants and everything like that. And I don't know, it just caught my eye. It was just something different, something new. And, uh, I just thought that, I don't know, I thought it was cool. That was the whole freestyle era where it was starting to come around and then Pastrana was doing all his freaking crazy shit. Yeah. I remember cause we have a, a night track at my house in Tennessee uh-huh. where we have a We hold races and stuff. We were getting ready for a race. My dad was actually watering the track while I was riding. And um, I was on a 50. Not like the King Cobra, but the Baby Cobra. Yeah. And I go over this tabletop, and I was like, dude, 
I think I can do a can-can. <laughs> I think I can do a can-can. I'm oh. like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to do a can-can. So I come around, and I hit this tabletop, and I put both feet on one side, uh-huh. but I couldn't get my chubby legs back over the seat, so I land... Side saddle. Side saddle. And I'm like full on freaking head shake, everything. Somehow ride it out. Oh, you did? And my dad looked at me. He said, if you ever do that again, like you're going to quit. Like I'm (laughs) selling everything. And ever since then, I have not done one single thing of freestyle. I haven't thrown a whip. I haven't done a knack knack, nothing. I barely scrub. Oh. Because that scared the living shit out of me. I remember that. Like it was yesterday. Hey, hey when uh, when Krusty Demons of Dirt came out, I think I'm gonna guess that was like '91 or '92. Mm-hmm. So I was working at Cycle News. I was an assistant editor at Cycle News when that movie came out, and we had this office in Signal Hill, Long Beach, and Mike Russell and Dana Nicholson, who uh, owned LBZ. Yeah. They came in and like they scheduled a meeting with us and everything. And so we had the conference room and it was like me and Kit Palmer. And they came in. It, you know, Mike Russell came in. Do you know who Mike Russell is? Have you seen him around before? Is he the, the main guy? LBC? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I bought a shirt from him. Yeah. I have a shirt a re- At a recent Supercross? They're making a comeback. Oh, yeah. I've, I bought <clears throat> one recently. So he comes in. And he's got, like, this spiky hair, and he's wearing, like, some velvet leopard jacket, and he's wearing his metal sunglasses inside the building, and Dane is bald, and he's all gnarly looking. And they brought, like, you know those, uh, you know you see fashion industry people rolling with those racks that have clothes on it? Yeah. And it has, like, a garment bag around the whole thing, hiding all the clothes that are in it? Yeah. They bring it in, and they're like, I don't remember their sales pitch, but I just remember they opened it up and they took the cover off the clothes, and it was like all the LBZ line, the baggy pants, the everything. cow print pants and everything, and the glitter jerseys, mm-hmm. and the line I remember is like Mike Russell was all, we just want people to feel the stoke, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and we laugh now, right? Yeah. You know, I was 20-something back then, and I was just like, oh, I'm feeling the stoke. <laughs> Can I have that set right there? Oh, shit. So, oh, man. Yeah, this is the funny thing is I brought it home, and I remember my dad was, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you wearing that? Yeah. And uh, it was funny because at the time I was riding uh, motorcycle trials quite a bit mm-hmm. for the magazine, and I wore LBZ gear <laughs> to a trials event, right? <laughs> So I'm wearing this open-face helmet, this gigantic white T-shirt, baggy T-shirt untucked over these baggy blue velvet pants. And I'm going through this section, and it was at the point where I got good enough to balance on the trials bike. Yeah. And I was, like, balancing and, like, sticking one leg out and balancing. And my fucking baggy pants went over the Kickstarter. (laughs) And I was balanced on this rock and I went to put my leg out and my leg didn't move because it stuck and I ate shit. <laughs> Did you burn him after that? Uh, actually, I wore him for moto a couple times. <laughs> you want to know who else bought into it? It was Rich Taylor. Oh, he did? Rich was like, 
Dude, it's so comfortable riding in these pants. They don't, they're not restrictive. <laughs> Just have your dick flying they're, they're not restrictive. <laughs> they're so comfortable. Like, like it's pretty funny. They're just yeah. fucking jeans. Yeah. Like, I remember. You had to wear a belt. I remember Daniel Blair. They made a set, like a normal set of gear as well, like a little bit later. Oh, and Daniel it was all Blair, shiny, right? Daniel Blair used to wear it in Supercross whenever he was Wonder Warthog. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, Wonder Warthog, man. He wore the cape and everything. I was there at St. Louis Supercross. Oh, yeah. He came to ride at my house one day because we had a we had a track at my house. He came. Did he wear the baggy or did he wear the LBZ? I don't know if that was the year that he was wearing the LBZ. Mm. But yeah, pretty good. I remember that. Yeah. So, uh, man, you're driving to Sacramento tomorrow? Not Sacramento. Madeira. Madeira. Like Fresno. Mm. I always think of Jeff Emig whenever I go there. Madeira. No, Fresno. Oh, oh, Fresno Smooth. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he lives right over here. Across from me, yeah. Yeah. He the, probably he probably knows where all the good strip clubs are in Fresno. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> probably. Do you think he's been to Angels down the street? I don't know. What's Angels? Wait, hold on. Hold on. There's a strip club in Corona. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, uh... Any good? You know when you... 15 North? And he has a the magnolia exit if you turn left there's like sizzler and, and <laughs> is that where you and Dahmer are, always are no Dahmer only goes to sizzler on valentine's day when he takes his wife out for a date where we go monday nights after our mountain bike rides in carlsbad oh okay <clears throat> but if you turn right if you turn right and go that way towards uh uh that go-kart place that ken fought owns p2r okay there's a there's a strip club on the right side called Angels. I think it's called Angels. It used to, it might be called Billiards or something because it's also a pool hall. Oh, okay. Pool hall strip club, but you can only imagine the talent that's there. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, I can't. I don't want I don't want no part of that. So uh uh yeah, Emig Emig's your neighbor kind of, right? You see yeah. him walking his dog? Yeah, I see him walking his dog going for runs. Yeah. Did, yeah. did I tell you that I saw him at Greer riding his mountain bike? Yeah, full-face helmet, wasn't he? Yeah, he had a full-face helmet. Yeah, was he and wearing goggles? goggles? Oh, he was, was he climbing hot? in goggles. I don't know. <sighs> I had a heat stroke. Yeah, he had a he had a reason for why he was wearing it. He had forgotten his sunglasses or something, and the goggles helped keep sweat off his face. Uh, but, mm. So was Emig like one of, one of your heroes when you were younger? Or was he earlier than that? Uh, no. I mean, I I grew up watching Emig McGrath. Like, my dad, my dad raced dirt bikes too, so he had everything recorded. So I watched stuff way before my time. You know, I mean, I mm-hmm. watched like I don't know, like moto video shit, like mm. old school stuff, old Moto World shows. Yeah, old Moto World stuff. Like <clears throat> everything up until present, I've seen. Pretty mm-hmm. much. So, I mean, I watched pretty much everybody. Like, I mean, MC was obviously big for me. Mm-hmm. Emig. Um, who was it that stood out? K-Dub. Yeah. K-Dub was my dude. You know what I remember about, like, old Moto World shows? Um, do you remember that announcer, Art Heckman? Yeah. He would, like, speak in th- these Yoda sentences. Like he was like, like his voice was so deep. 
Yeah, but he didn't speak like in regular sentences. Because the one thing I remember is like he was covering some race that Mike Kudrowski won. Mm -hmm. And and when it showed the clip of Kudrowski going over the finish line and fire going off, Mm -hmm. he just said, Kudrowski the checkers. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Kudrowski the checkers. Like, (laughs) I don't know. You know what? I want to... Get you back out to a Transworld race series, and I'm going to go in the tower, and I'm going to do Alex Ray the checkers. And when you when you cross the Ray the checkers, <laughs> people are like what the fuck is happening? And 62 the checkers. Yeah, 62. <laughs> just leave them all scratching their head. What the hell just happened? Yeah, 62. All right, if you do really well this year and get the chance to choose a permanent number. Are you going to pick 314, or is there a number that means something to you? Or would you just go for the lowest one possible? Um, Is 24 available? No, that's Forkner's. Yeah, he got that this year, right? Yeah. Uh, probably just the lowest one available. I mean, like, my two numbers would be 14 and 24, because mm-hmm. 14 was my amateur number, 24 is my pops' number. Mm-hmm. 314, it was just something that I could just have still have a little bit of 14 in mm-hmm. so so yeah I mean I don't know probably just lowest number yeah yeah what do you think of the permanent or semi permanent numbering system I mean I don't know I mean like with a low number you would assume comes prestige and speed right yeah like your teammates number 11 yeah chiz so in that he's case, had that for a long time, and so I feel like she's had that for a long time. But like in that case, has the semi-permanent number system failed? Because a guy like Chiz, I'm Chiz is a badass, and mm-hmm. I like him. Yeah, but I mean, mm, not necessarily. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at it. I mean, he's still top ten in the lights class. He raced lights last year. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he proved was, everyone wrong. Yeah, he was like, what did he get? Like sixth at Anaheim last year. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Sort of, I mean, yes and no. Who's the gooniest dude that you think has a permanent number? Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to say myself. You don't have a permanent number. Oh, yeah, you're right. Gooniest person that has a... Fuck. All right, I'm going to take you off the hook. What do you think of Plessinger taking Stu's number? I mean, Stu always going to look good on number seven, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully, I think my boy Aaron can, can live up to the name. Yeah. Dude, isn't it weird? Live up to the number. Doesn't it look weird to you still seeing him on Instagram with number seven on a Yamaha? Yeah. I still like, do a double take every time. Yeah, a double take every time. Like, it's, it's weird, but I mean, I don't know, what what was his only other, what was his other option? Nine or something? Uh, Eight. Eight, eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. Seven, seven's the way to go. I would have picked seven all day. Isn't five available now? Dungey's been gone. Yeah, I don't like five. I don't like five. I like seven. You know, five reminds me of like when I was little. There's this like, you know, it's like orange juice, and then there's Tropicana. Mm-hmm. There's this juice called Five Alive. <laughs> <laughs> And my mom used to make me drink it. <laughs> but it was like orange juice, tangerine juice, lemon juice, 
everything lime in juice. It was like five citrus fruits, and it was disgusting. But it was called Five Alive. Five Alive? So I always think of Five Alive when I see the five. <laughs> in Morocco. When Morocco took five, I was like, Five Alive, Morocco. That's <sighs> no good. Dude, his O'Neill gloves are sick. <clears throat> Morocco's O'Neill gloves? Yeah. That's the ones I run. I what? call them the Rocco gloves. Because they have all the padding on the back. Yeah, they're all old. They're like all old school old because school. the the palm is really really good. But they yeah. look like they look like the same gloves that he wore back in <laughs> his two stroke AMS old days. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, remember when he was sponsored by Jack in the Box? Yeah, that was sick. That was good. He had some other cool sponsors, didn't? He? Doc Martens. Was he sponsored by Doc Martens? Yeah, dude. The team had Doc Martens logos one year. That There's would... been some cool. Sponsors in the sport. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't stay, but. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen the old ads for Wrangler Supercross Series and like Johnny O and Jeff Ward are like standing there with these butt ass tight jeans on yeah. with Wrangler t shirts tucked into them and they're like <laughs> posed all sideways? I think I have. Yeah, they're pretty excellent. My dad has some of like the first, uh, God, what, what? Some like first issue magazines back home, mm. and it has a lot of that shit in there. Yeah, 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 dude. Hey, we're you're gonna get in trouble if we don't talk about your new sponsors. Like, like what? What if they listen and they'll be bummed, right? What do so, you mean? Well, let's let's talk about like some All of right, new shit, yeah. right? So, HEP Suzuki, dude. HEP Suzuki, and you're wearing sixty helmets. Sixty right? helmets, X band goggles, clear vision all day. Mm-hmm. Got Thor gear. Mm-hmm. I myself am wearing um, some asterisk knee braces. Yeah. And then um, we're going to be wearing uh, the Tech 10 Alpine Star boot. Okay. Yeah. You were wearing Thor boots a little bit, though. Yeah. They got kind of jacked up on internet. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> they're they're good boots. They, they're they're going to be a good boot, I think. They're under construction. They're being developed. Yes. We're, we're, we're helping with development with them. They weren't the uh, Thor ratchet boots, were they? No. Did you ever see those? Mm-mm. No, yeah, I've never awesome. seen those. The, the, but no, the like, name was the best. The ratchet. Yeah. The Thor boot, it's not bad. It it has a great look and all that. We're just we're, we're going to work on a few things mm-hmm. to make them better. So, um, what do you think of Thor gear so far? I think you were wearing uh, the... F- stuff with the lion on it did you get the shark gear yet i don't know i got some new stuff in the, the shark gear is sick it? it's is that it's it? teal it's, you know you know teal the color that roger larson and seven invented the mint blue teal color yeah those guys yeah they yeah, they invented it but it's like that color black but there's like a shark on the front oh yeah it's pretty cool yeah i don't know the crazy designs it makes me it, i don't know it's still like i don't know the lion gear made you look a little thick yeah, I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, I do all this work to get skinny, and then, like, camera adds 10 pounds. Ugh. Sucks. Like, it just gets me coming out of a corner and just exhaling with my freaking stomach out or something, yeah. you know? I don't know. But, yeah, the Thor gear is great. You know, like, I mean, the Suzuki's are great. The team's great. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, is, is X-Brand a team sponsor or individual? Team. It's team sponsor. Mm-hmm. And is Mathis your goggle guy? I don't know who's going to be the goggle guy yet, but Mathis, he can prep a mean goggle. Yeah. I mean, you got to blow all the dog hair out, but, I mean, that's all right. Yeah. You know? 
So. I, I don't think Mathis has time for it anymore because he's busy e-biking. Yeah, dude. He's sending it. That's, that's awesome, though. Yeah. Dude, he's getting healthier. That's good, I yeah. That's good. Yeah. My boy, <clears throat> my boy Mathis, he, he's Strava Steve. Yeah. So yeah. what about, uh, like, would you be allowed to have a personal sponsor on the team? Like if, say, a furniture company came to you and said, hey, I want you to, like, run a, my Sable logo on your on your helmet and I'll pay you. 10 grand would you be allowed to do that i mean i think if it was i mean if it was like a reasonable like sticker or whatever and it didn't cover the whole helmet mm-hmm. or if it was you know something like that i think i could do you guys have a like a uh team paint job or you you're you well 60 wants just, you to run a stock helmet right yeah i think it's but just do you have helmet. to run like a hep sticker on it somewhere or something, or? uh yeah we have to run the suzuki stickers um on there is it the big Red S on the top? I think so, yeah. Dude, that's sick. Yeah. The red S is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You like that, don't you? I do. Yeah. I do. I used come on, tell me you didn't you used to draw that S like in on your notebooks and stuff like Oh, all the, the time. All the time in school. Diamonds and Just, shit. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely what I did. Because, well, I mean I, I grew up riding Suzuki's um you know, I rode Suzuki's whenever I was on eighties. Mm-hmm. So I mean I spent a lot of time on Suzuki's, so I was definitely drawing that S. Yeah. Dude, the first Suzuki I had it was an 88 RM250, and the motor was blue. It's <laughs> <laughs> so gay. The engine, the engine was painted blue. Yellow like, blue, dude. You know the blue color of, like, your gas tank cover? Mm-hmm. The engine was painted that color, right? Yeah. But, like, the factory guys, they had no paint on the engine. It's a yeah. silver engine. So I took my motor out of the frame, and I bought aircraft paint remover. <laughs> and, like, I just, like... Yeah, the spark plug was still in it, and I put duct tape over the the carburetor, the carburetor boot, and I just fucking put paint remover all over it, right? Did it fall off? Well, and then I got a steel brush, and I was scrubbing the stubborn areas. Yeah. And, dude, I was doing it in board shorts and flip-flops, right, in my backyard. (laughs) And, dude, you know, using a wire brush, it was flinging little tiny dots of paint remover on my legs and my feet. <laughs> Dude, that shit burns so bad. But I eventually got all the paint off my engine. Yeah. And I, I sanded it with a Scotch-Brite pad for, like, hours. Yeah. And my bike looked pretty sick. Yeah. And well, I, if you just, if you painted your hair blue, it'd be yellow-blue swap. I would look like a Suzuki. Yeah, you would look like a Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> So, but have you actively tried to solicit an outside sponsor for yourself? Um, like have you? Not like, yet. Not really. I haven't really tried to pursue one. I've been I've been busy just trying to train and stuff like that. But I mean, that's I mean, it's something that I probably should do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I haven't really talked with the team yet to sort of see. If I could even like sort of venture that, um, like I mean, what if, what if like, for some reason like, the guys at Monster called and said, Alex Ray, we love your image, we want you to run an M Claw helmet. Would the team allow you to do that? Maybe, I think so. I think it would be. I mean, if they're like, hey, we want to pay you, you know, twenty grand, you put the M Claw on your helmet, whatever. Mm-hmm. I go to the team like, hey guys, either you guys pay me this fifteen grand or I'm gonna put this M claw on my helmet. Yeah, 
or like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. What, do you, yeah. what, what can we do here? You know? So <laughs> I, I take it you don't have an agent. No. Do I need oh. one? Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, actually, no, I do have an agent. It's Steve Mathis. Okay. So, well, Mathis, he pays you to run the pulp sticker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have an outside sponsor then, Pulp MX. That's not outside the outside sponsor. It's well, kind of. Part of the word is MX. Pulp. Pulp hockey. <laughs> pulp hockey is paying so, for my... So, like, I think you should go into the house after this and text Steve and say, I'd, I'd like you to put together a outside-the-industry sponsorship proposal for me to pass out. That'd be a good idea. You know? Yeah. I mean, you could... You could take it around. You could take it to Jerome's Furniture over here. I'll take it to Angels. <laughs> <laughs> take it to Angels. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you know, you, what you could do is like you could follow the theme and like every city you visit. Yeah. You could book it ahead of time. Like have a have the gentlemen's club establishment. Oh yeah. On your helmet or something, you know. Each weekend, have a different showgirls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Showgirls Detroit, Showgirls Nashville, mm-hmm. or what's the, what's the one? What's the city that has Magic City? The one place that Anton loves. I don't know, Magic City. Yeah, he he wears Magic, Magic City. That sounds like a freaking like a, a it's a dark Magic Mike. Yeah, no, he 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 has a sweatshirt, Anton. <laughs> you wouldn't think that Michael Antonovich had a thing for um, strippers, black black large strippers. Oh, I would. Well, no, I I could see that. I can see that. It's you. It's usually the skinny. <laughs> I think tall it's dudes. Atlanta. I think it's in Atlanta. Oh, it's definitely Atlanta. Yeah. 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 Anton. Jeez, man. I can see it. So, right now you've got uh, Cameron McAdoo crashing at your place. Yeah. And your roommate is Bradley Taft. Mm-hmm. And shredded vapes. Yeah. But uh, so how does McAdoo end up staying with you when he's in California? Well, he texted me like yesterday. He was like, "Hey, can I stay at your place until Anaheim?" I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna help out with rent, though." Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I asked Bradley. Obviously, he's like, "Hey," he's like, "Yeah, it's fine." Yeah. So. So, um, he was on. Well, the Yamaha team. Well, yeah, yeah. He was he was supposed to be with the Yamaha team. I don't think really much anything was signed. Mm-hmm. But then, um, obviously, there was, you know, a, a Sexton feeling. crashed on Skyline. Yeah, yeah. We got the call out. Yeah, pretty much. So, how does stuff like that work, dude? Like, like right now, you've got the HEP team, right? Yeah. You've signed a contract. Mm-hmm. Say, say Justin Hill gets a recording contract and decides to go be a singer instead of racing this year. Mm-hmm. And JGR calls you and says, yo, you're the next Suzuki guy in line. We want you to ride for JGR. Is it an automatic yes from the team, or do you have to, like, beg them to let you go do it? I'd probably have to beg them. Yeah? Yeah, I'd probably have to beg. I mean, because, I, mean, I mean, they themselves have a lot of time and money and effort, yeah. you know, spend into into uh, my program, you know. So, obviously, you know, it's you can't just sort of up it, like, all right, guys, peace out, you know. Yeah. You know, and you, you have a contract signed and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you sort of have to think about. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, that is a good question. I don't really know, you know, what what would happen there. Hmm. Was there anything that you had to do like that last year when Factory Yama called you up? No. Or was your cycle trader deal was already over? It was, well, Jimmy Perry had already talked to Christina about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a good transition. You know, I was already on Yamaha. I guess Jimmy Perry approached her and, you know, she said, yeah, he's available. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not doing a 450 outdoors. Take him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Which yeah. was great. Great for me. What was the coolest, uh, what was the coolest experience about, Riding for the factory team. Whenever you absolutely destroy a YZ450, like second lap of practice, and then come back, and then in freaking five minutes, the thing's like brand new again. <laughs> like nine guys ready, on it. Yeah, ready to just destroy again. Yeah. You know? Uh, that, Koshiba made the best sandwiches on test days. <laughs> you know, we tested all kinds of crazy stuff. It was awesome. Um, you know, like on a test day, I remember I tested at Glen Helen from 8 a.m. till 4.30 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, the track was beat. We tested probably 30 different sets of forks and all kinds of stuff. It was just, it was just a great experience. I learned a lot. Yeah. You know, everything, everything was great about it. You know, the bike was sick. The people were cool. You know, yeah. the sandwiches were awesome. They always had a like stocked cooler with the best stuff right. did you ever like take food home from the cooler oh yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know who who it was um that put coke like um diet cokes in there uh-huh. but i don't know about you but after you do two 30 minute motos or testing all day and you're thirsty and you're dying on the way home a diet coke will bring oh, you back to life yeah It'll bring you back to life. That mm-hmm. or like a G2 Gatorade. Yeah. Oh, those things. Yeah, I definitely just steal all the Gatorades out of that thing. So uh, when you were testing, was there anything that you tested that made a big difference that you would have never dreamt of? Like, I mean, at the yeah. factory level, you guys like, test motor mounts and yeah. the bolts that hold the motor mounts in and mm-hmm. torque settings and everything. So what was the thing that like surprised you the most? Um, I would say engine mapping, like, you know, tuning it Mm -hmm. and, uh, Shane Drew, he, he has a different term for it. It's like the whole thing, but linkage. Shock linkage. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. The linkage and the The whole undercarriage of the motor. Yeah. Yeah. Undercarriage. Undercarriage of the shock. (laughs) <laughs> the, whole, the whole rod and the, the, the rod the, <laughs> and the sack <laughs> yeah the rod and sack underneath the the shock oh but uh like how about things like that like because uh, i i heard when chad was on cowies i remember hearing him argue about the torque setting on the triple clamp bolts and stuff because yeah. it makes it handle distinctly different, mm-hmm. which kind of cracks me up because you watch like the average Joe at the track on the weekend just torques him down. Yeah, just just no torque wrench. Actually, I heard like one extra foot pound of torque on the top triple clamp makes the bike turn a little sharper. Really, I, I heard that somewhere. 
I don't they know. They say you never tested torque settings? Mm -hmm. No, I yeah, never yeah. tested torque settings. So what was it like uh, being, quote-unquote, teammates with Barsha? It was good. Uh, you know, I mean, he's definitely cleaned me out in the past. Yeah. A few times. Uh -huh. I've wanted to fight him before, but, I mean, being teammates with him, like, I mean, he's... I mean, he's a pretty cool dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not bad. I I stayed clear of him on the track, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was it was all that was good. Yeah, I mean, mm. he definitely made it fun on you know test days, practice days. It was all good. Yeah. Did you have a poster? Did yeah. they make you a oh, factory on I had a sick poster, dude. Sick. One. Do you still do you, do you have one framed on your wall? For miles. No, they're all at home in Tennessee. Oh. Yeah. You saved some, though. Mm -hmm. I still got my pit shirt, my jacket, everything in my closet. Well, you still wore the monster hats for quite a while after. Well, I wore one today. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sponsored, dude. So, in signing with the HEP team, did the thought ever occur to you that, like, you'd be ending the chance to fill in on that team again? Because, I mean, you obviously built good relationships with the people on the team. Yeah, I aside mean. Aside from getting your bike ripped off. but Yeah. But, like, that had to have been in the back of your mind. Like, oh, if I sign with the Suzuki team, I might not get the call to fill in if if yeah. Parsha gets hurt or Pleasanger yeah. gets hurt. Yeah, you know, I've, you know, that that went through my head as well. You know, I told him the, I, I told them, I, I asked them all. I was like, hey, guys, like, I have this other offer, you know, like, does this affect anything with you guys, like? Do you guys think any different of me? They're like, nah, man, you're still Factor Ray. Like, you're still cool. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, they I don't called think you it. Factor Ray? Yeah, they called me Factor Ray. Like, Factory, but Factor Ray. Yeah. <laughs> I had a butt patch, Factor Ray. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, I mean, no, like, it's all, it's all cool still over there. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Dan Rambert's gnarly, huh? Yeah, he lived, he's Dan. a Corona guy. Yeah, I know. You know where I saw him last? Where? At the hot dog shop. Really? <laughs> I was driving home from I was driving home from LA County with, with Megan and she's like, I really want a corn dog. And I was like, You're kidding. She's like, I want a corn dog and I'm all I don't know where sells corn dogs, but there's like a hot dog store off Hidden Valley. <laughs> and so we went in there and and Dinah was in there. <laughs> I was like, Oh man. Oh man. That's kind of like seeing the Brett Metcalf photo in the Shanghai Chinese restaurant yeah. in Lake Elsinore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, there's a sushi restaurant that has a muskin poster on the wall. Really? Yeah, <laughs> over off Ontario. That's pretty cool. Well, right on. Let me think. Uh, it's been... Have we been in here over an hour? Yeah, it's, we've been, it's we've been, foggy in here. We've All been the inside neighbors. the... The Toyota of Escondido mobile podcast studio. Yeah. For over an hour. But, the windows uh, are fogged up. Everybody, all my neighbors think I'm getting it on with some yellow guy in here. Yeah. Probably, huh? <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Do you think Roger Larson listened to this whole thing? Oh, uh, yeah. Probably not. He might. I'm not, I'm not cool. I'm not cool enough for Roger Larson. Yeah. He is pretty cool. You know who is? Tevin Tapia. He wore seven gear. Yeah. Tevin got clipped. <laughs> exactly. I had, I had to help Tevin get a fast house ride. <laughs> and then he asked for my helmet at Day in the Dirt. Jeez. He, he ruptured his spleen or something at Day in the Dirt, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's, I think he says he's still racing at M1. Oh, he's better now. I seen him at Milestone the other day. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's gonna have a kid. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you can you take my bike to, to Royce to Encycle? No, dude. I, take it to Royce. It's Encycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was riding up the trail, the other oh, being pressured by Encycles. Alex Ray. <laughs> So yeah, you know Royce Roy Cycler is a sponsor of this show. Oh, is it? We we can only speak of Encycle if we're speaking of it of them poorly. Well, I mean, so I'm you not... know, when I was riding behind you the other day, your wheel, your wheel sounded like some old stagecoach rickety ass, <laughs> creaky. Rick I haven't got here. it tuned up in like three months. Well, what kind of sponsor is that then? Inside. It's just a long drive to Pasadena. I mean, there's one in Chino, but I don't know those guys there. Well, if you're really sponsored by that company. I'm not really sponsored by them. Yeah. I'm just like homies with the guys. Yeah. Do you think they're listening to this? No. Huh? No. You don't think so? Maybe one guy. Because I made fun of you on my Instagram once. You were doing something dumb and I wrote typical in-cycle nerd on it. Yeah. And I got a DM from a guy from InCycle. Why are you always bagging on InCycle? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? You're always uh, you're always cutting InCycle down. Oh, you guys are gay. <laughs> but more so, I'm just making fun of Alex because we're buddies. Yeah. But, yeah. Jeez. You never know who's watching and you're listening. Yeah. But you want me to take your bike in? Yeah. To Roy's? Mm-hmm. The InCycle guys are going to know if they're listening to this. Well, I mean... I don't know, man. It's just convenient because I have to leave tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You're going to be gone testing yeah. for a while. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and I need it for whenever I get back. Yeah. Because we got that A1 ride coming up. Yes. The A1 ride. Yeah. And I need Up a spoke. and down the luge. I need a spoke. Okay. All right. Well, hey, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, as always, if you have some feedback or suggestions for me, feel free to comment or you can drop me an email at swap48 at me.com. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to me and uh, Alex Ray shoot the shit. Yeah, we got a couple colored boys in here. We got a yellow guy and a pink one. Yeah. <laughs> I've been holding that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just farted, too. <laughs> Dude. You've been listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by Ogio and hosted by my dad, Don Mera. Thanks for listening.